Hello and welcome to a new episode of Behind the Scenes of Happiness, Motivation for Motivators. I'm your host, Christoph Spiesens. How can you step up and step out in a saturated market without losing your authenticity? Today I talk with executive communications coach Monique Russell about showing up authentically on and off stage. We discuss self-leadership as a lifestyle, establishing a true connection to your work and helpful ways to boost your confidence as a communicator. Enjoy. So excited to talk with Monique Russell today. I have been very much looking forward to this particular conversation. Monique is an executive communications coach, speaker and trainer who helps leaders become confident communicators. She's a public speaking subject matter expert, the founder and managing partner of Clear Communication Solution, Solutions Better, and she has served as a communication expert for government agencies. She also co-founded a thriving youth after-school TEDx club, and to top it all off, she is a sushi lover. <laughs> Monique, <laughs> thank you so much for being my guest today. Thanks. For oh my God, oh. thank you for having me. And yes, sushi is the word of the day. Yeah. You have any favorite sushi? Well, I always go for spicy tuna or spicy salmon. Mm. But once in a while, I add up the shrimp nigiri. So. Ooh, very nice. I had to ask because I used to work for Japan Airlines as a flight attendant. So sushi. No way. A, yeah, yeah. That was many years ago. I did that for two years. So sushi has a special place in my heart. <laughs> you love it too. Mm, I do. I do. I, I like all things Japanese. Well, most things Japanese. But <laughs> that's for a different podcast. Sure, sure. I have found some rather powerful and moving statements on your website and also on your LinkedIn profile that I would like to explore a little bit further during our time together. Does that sound okay with you? It sounds wonderful. And one of those is that your one of your key philosophies in life, uh, Monique, is that to you, leadership is a lifestyle. That's something that you believe in. That is something that you talk about. Now, when we hear the word leadership, it's easy to think corporate, office, etc. But our listeners are professionals from within the well-being industry, such as coaches and therapists and HR professionals, people who help other people, real motivators. How does leadership as a lifestyle, how is that applicable to our listeners? This is such a great question and I love it because it is exactly everything that I believe and embody. And I think for us, for those of us who are in that space of just helping others and really giving of ourselves, it's important that when we're off, you know, when we're out there and we're teaching and we're coaching and we're really pouring into others, we're, we're mm -hmm. emptying our, our cup or our flow, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but we need to be able to find those ways to replenish ourselves. And leadership is a lifestyle, goes against all the traditional norms of having those big fancy titles. And even, you know, the executive communications coach and all that great stuff, it goes much deeper. It goes down to how are we practicing what we preach? Mm -hmm. How are we um, living the lifestyle of being a leader? And being a leader is really being true to yourself and practicing 
kindness and compassion for yourself? How do you match up what you're teaching on stage or teaching in the audience or to your audience? And how do you make sure that that's applicable in your home life? And for me as a mom, you know, I have two boys. My eldest is 18. He's doing his third year in college. So he's away from home. And my youngest is 12. And my husband and I, we've been together for about 17 years. So it's important for me to be able to bring what I teach in terms of identifying others' emotional states or communication styles and treating them in a way that they need to be acknowledged and heard and understood. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just say, just from from my own personal space or living, I can tell you there's so many times where in the beginning, I wasn't doing that. And, and, and it didn't make sense to me. I was just very good at teaching communications interpersonally and intrapersonal communications, even public speaking, but it didn't really click that, oh, you know what, the same things that I'm teaching, (laughs) I need to be teaching at home. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you with my husband in the beginning, I would remember because he's he's a logical engineer mind. I'm the big visionary, the big thinker. And I would be planning things out five and 10 years down the line. And he'd be like, (laughs) looking at me like, you know, I can't focus on five or 10 years. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, (laughs) and even just figuring out how to have effective conversations. You know, I, I like to brainstorm out loud. I would be talking and thinking. And I remember one time we were sitting on the couch and I was just going and I was just talking about all these things that we could do. And, you know, I I was like, okay, so what do you think about that? (laughs) And, it was like silence. And oh. I'm like, hello, he- hello. Like, did you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely. And so it wasn't until I actually applied the same tools and strategies to my home that I realized that, you know what? He just needs time to process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it was a game changer. So I would actually, if I know I needed feedback on something a week in advance, maybe I might have that conversation and I would not expect to have a direct response or him uh, completely processing it right away. I'd give him that space. And then mm-hmm. sure enough, maybe the next day on his drive to work, he'd call me, call me back and he'd be like, hey, you know, here's what I think about this. And it was just a game changer. And I did the same thing for my children because mm-hmm. they're both different. And that's where, because I know you're a big believer and advocate of uh, emotional intelligence, right? So that's where that comes in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, I grew up in the Bahamas. So living in the islands, there are a lot of societal and cultural things that influence how you parent and how you show up. And Mm. I would say there's a lot of focus on externals, how you are achieving uh, what you have, what you don't have, the classisms. And a lot of times it's difficult for people to parent outside of societal or cultural norms if they're not focused on intentionally breaking that norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that I've had to do too. So like having that emotional intelligence or awareness of saying, okay, hey, this might be something that's normal in culture or society, but it's not really what I want for my family. I don't Mm -hmm. want to have a dictator style in my family where children are are seen and not heard or where they just do what they're told and they're 
they're not able to challenge mm-hmm. respectfully um, you know things that I'm saying and I had to shift that mindset and just come to a place that okay guess what not because I have the authority in my home, not because I'm the parent, I'm the, I'm the head. And this, this is translating also into the workplace, not because you are in a leadership position or you have a title. It doesn't mean that you are uh-huh. entitled to a certain amount of respect. That's more than anyone else. Uh-huh. You don't get to have that. Your, your children, your spouse, everyone is equal in terms of the respect that they deserve. So Absolutely. I had to come to that um, acceptance and practice that in my own life. Which translates in the way you interact with your audiences and with the people you coach and guide on their journeys, right? Because it, 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 it sure makes for a more authentic and congruent approach and delivery. I think so. I think we do an injustice to people when we show this sense of perfection. You know, I used to struggle with perfectionism as well. We do our audience an injustice when we don't peel back the curtain and we don't show that, you know, we have human experiences just like you. You know, we might show up and we might feel like, oh, my God, what if they tear me to pieces? What if it doesn't work? You know, <laughs> like, what if they just pick on everything that I'm not good at? We mm. have the same experiences. And I tell you, Chris, I just completed reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Uh-huh. Um, oh, my God. And I and I really like so many of the approaches in the book because... Mm-hmm. So many people have looked to, you know, Barack and Michelle Obama as the ideal relationship goal um, marker, if you will. You'll mm-hmm. see it all over social media, relationship goals, relationship goals, and all this good stuff. And what I love about, I mean, she, she does so many things in the book, but this one piece I really enjoy that she really shared how she felt, like how sometimes just the distance between them with him doing what he was doing politically and her raising the children, it created a gap. And sometimes she felt lonely, sometimes she felt despondent. And I think people need to see that. They need to see that. I sit here with a big beaming smile on my face, uh, Monique, because I, I literally started reading Becoming last night. Stop joking. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. And what, <laughs> what, what struck me is that on the dedications page, she actually mentions Barack's name last. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that tells me everything I need to know about what's coming up next. It's like, yes. you are standing your ground here. You are... It's this book is about you and how you have gone through and keep going through things for that matter. So, oh my god, excellent. yes, good. I well, don't I look spoil it, to, I don't no, want to spoil don't. it. <laughs> but, but so, you, have you finished reading it? I have, you have, okay. My second, my second read with underline. So, when you are Ooh. done and you're taking notes, we're gonna have to just you know reconnect and we and will, share. we will. I would like to expand on this a little bit because one of my questions that I was going to ask you, but I feel that now is a better time in, in, in the flow, is that you mentioned that you try not to speak on things that you don't have personally put into practice or that you don't personally put into practice. And I think that is so important for some of our listeners to hear because 
for aspiring speakers or new speakers, they often feel the pressure to make up stories, to make this massive impact on an audience. And that comes with a risk, right? Yes. And, and with that, with making up stories and not really speaking out of what you know or have experienced, you invite so many other visitors. You invite the imposter syndrome. You invite, you know, you, you invite everybody to the party who just has something negative, all that head chatter to say. And that, that sort of, uh, it takes a blow to your confidence because now you're coming across as something that you're not. And I get, you know, looking at other people and modeling and, oh, and social trying media. to shape. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I get, you know, modeling oh, steps mm-hmm. after successful speakers, but for new and aspiring speakers, you always want to use things that you've gone through because it comes across so much stronger because you are already having an emotion tied to it. You know, so I say, okay, what have you overcome or what are you still struggling to get over? Or tell me about a time where you were so frustrated, you just felt like giving up, but you didn't. And then you have content or you have a story that your audience can relate to, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just feel like it's important for us to speak from things that we have taught, things that we have learned or are learning, even if you don't have a whole ton of stories in your toolbox, you can figure out ways to integrate content in your message about things that you're learning. You know, for example, you could say, hey, I don't know how to get to bed on time. And I started reading four books on how to get to bed on time so I can improve my Mm -hmm. productivity. And here's what I learned. Mm Here's what I tried. Here's what didn't work. Here's what worked. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking out loud here um, with you, even if you don't have a story or stories to share, that in itself is a story, it's a right? Story. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that in. So it's about putting your creative cap on, I suppose. You, you also talk about that you have a natural empathy for people who are going through communication blocks because I have been there. Are you okay to share some of your communication blocks that you had to a identify and then be overcome with our listeners please sure and so i have a natural empathy first of all i like you are i'm very sensitive to emotions and and when i heard you share about your experience um being empathic Mm. i i said wow this is this is someone who gets me Uh, but some of the things I'll talk about first one confidence um, and that's an inner that's an inner game right that's that interpersonal intrapersonal stuff and I had to go through or overcome reclaiming my confidence because after I went off to school mm-hmm. uh, I, I got my education in communication I have three degrees in communication my undergraduate and my graduate and I had this vision or trajectory in my mind that you go off to school you get your your degrees you get a good job and everything's going to be great but my life did not turn out that way mm-hmm. and and you know my society doesn't position that that's something that uh, you can do something different you know where I grew up that's what you did you go off to school you go to college you follow everything and everything will turn out just fine and so when I graduated and then I had my baby and and then I got married and then I had another baby and I started looking for ways to get into 
my field and I applied to so many jobs, Chris, so many jobs. And in the beginning, I was focused on the journalism aspect and I had racked up student loans and what was coming to me right out the gate was things like I couldn't even live off of. So I said, no, there's no way I can do that. I have student loans to pay. I have a family to take care of. Now my son is, you know, growing. And so I just started off in executive support and I didn't want to be there. I said, this is going to be temporary. I'm just going to get on in here and do what I need to do. And so I didn't see what I was doing then as something that was valuable. I thought it was just completely off course, but still, still moving forward, still going, sure. you know, through the motions and getting mm -hmm. everything done. And then before long, I realized that so many years had gone by. So many things had already transpired. Life happened, motherhood, wifehood, in-lawhood, every type of hood, you know, <laughs> experience. And I just um, found myself in a place where I was like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? And I relocated to Atlanta and I joined up with a woman's organization. And you know, I had friends and, you know, we'd chat and everything, but I had never encountered an organization like this. It was called Women Aspiring Together to Succeed. Mm -hmm. And that organization introduced me to so many resources, habits, ways of thinking. That's where I created my first vision board. Mm -hmm. And and shortly shortly after that, I started my, my journey with my locks and my hair, and I, I started my freelance um, company, freelancing. It sort of just dropped in my lap. And I'm going to fast forward later to this monumental moment because I'm, I'm going to share this with you because I think this was a turning point or an aha moment for me that something had happened and I had done a great job on this government project and we had an all hands call meeting. So if you will, I was a subcontractor of a subcontractor of a prime contractor. Prime right. vendor. Mm -hmm. And I came to the meeting. I was very excited. We were almost two years in and I thought they were just going to um, renew the contract. So just me, my normal self, bubbly, excited, just jumping on that call. And, and I was listening to what they were talking about. And shortly in the call, they were asking all these billing questions about who's working on the project with me. And Chris, at that time, there was no one working with me on mm -hmm. that part of the project. Nobody was working with me. And, it, and, and I was frustrated. You know, just, just to be honest, I was shocked. I was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything right like nothing like no nothing nothing came out of my mouth like mm -hmm. nothing and it was then that I realized so many other things that you know I had to be careful about who I chose to partner with but more importantly that there were things in my life or areas in my life that I was not speaking up sure um, in so mm -hmm. not just that moment but in other areas and that's when I realized that I lost my confidence because when I left the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, you could not tell me I could not win a confidence contest. <laughs> Any confidence, con I would be Miss, Miss Confidence 2.0, 3.0, you know, mm -hmm. bubbly, not afraid to speak my truth. And over the years, I had gotten to be someone that was cautious, still very, you know, extroverted, um, influential, social, but inside myself something was missing 
and I, I didn't realize it until then. And I moved through a series of processes, coaching, therapy, mm -hmm. journaling. I'm a big journaler. Mm -hmm. and, and I just read back several of my journals and I'm like, wow, look at where you were. Like, look at this transformation, you know? And, and when I have bad moments and when I have bad days and I, and I journal, sometimes I would just journal everything, you know, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. just journal everything that comes to my mind, whether I'm feeling like a lousy person that day, mm. whether I feel like, I love oh my journaling. gosh. So effective. It is. Mm. But something is happening, you know, and something happens when you do that. Because now there are some times where I would write, if I'm feeling in a lousy, uh, if I'm in a lousy place, I would write that out. And it's like my brain wouldn't allow me to finish the sentence. And, and it's like, okay, you feel like you're not being a good mom today. And you're like, no, you can't say that. Like it wouldn't allow me to finish the sentence because it starts to bring me evidence that contradicts what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I feel like it, it's, it is essential when you have that type of block internally to have the outlets um, have the community. It's important to have professional help. Sometimes our family and friends, they mean well, but they can't, they can't take us beyond where they are sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's important for us to get those resources or use the resources available to us to sort of just reshift, reshift the focus and reclaim the confidence. And so I think that's what makes me so effective when I can connect with a client who tells me, I just want to have more influence at my job. I want my, my colleagues to, you know, respect me. And then when we really peel down the layers, we see that, you know, you feel like you're not authentic. You feel you have to put on this mask. You really don't feel like doing, you know, this type of engagement, but you just, you're, you're drained. You're, look, you're not even looking forward to it, but you have to, have mm -hmm. to. No, you don't have to. There's a different way. There's a way that you can step into who you are authentically and confidently. There's a way you can communicate what you need and what you want without feeling guilty. You know, you can set healthy boundaries. No one's forcing you to do anything. No one's, no one's pulling you down. You can set those boundaries and feel stronger in who you are. And when you do that, you can gain more influence. You can gain more respect because now you show up authentically and you give someone else the permission to do the same thing because they see you do it. And it's on your terms. Yes. Mm. I, I want to say two things. First, thank you for sharing your story in a nutshell, so openly and honestly. And second, this moment where everything, where you realize that your confidence had gone was a moment of awakening, yes. as I understand it. And knowing our listeners, our audience, our demographic, I think, I don't want to put a number on it, but I think what you've just described is what 85% of listeners, if not more, have experienced and probably experienced fairly recently in, in, in their careers. Because at one point, so many of us, we went out there we were doing our thing we were doing it beautifully we were whatever it is that we offer 
And then something happens and it's actually a gift. I think it's a gift from the universe, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a game changer gift. It's, um, it forces, that's not a nice word, but it, it provides you with an opportunity to kind of drill down to, oh my goodness, why did this event, this situation, knock me off balance so much? Why does this have so much power over me? And what do I need to do, bring back, restore, regain, reclaim, whatever, build to get, not just to get back on track, but to get on a more authentic track. And I think many of us have these moments of awakening and that's why they are extremely powerful. They're not comfortable, but you know, happiness does not equate comfort. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... That's, I just wanted to share and add that, I suppose. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, I will even piggyback on that and say that was a moment of awakening, but I have, I continue to have awakening moments, if you thank will. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a one and done. And, and, and you know, we're always evolving. Absolutely. And we're leveling up all the time. Yes. And I'll say this too, like even the work that I do, um, I always knew that I was good in communications. It's what I studied and it's what I was doing since I was five years old. I I was just performing, you know, I, I was speaking all through school, national debates. I was my school senator. Um, performing arts. It was something that I enjoyed and I and I did it naturally, but I didn't really connect my strength to my work or my Mm -hmm. purpose until just a couple years ago and and I say that to say man every time I go through some sort of coaching or reflective process the dots seem to just connect even stronger for me and I say wow I'm I'm helping people to feel valued and to feel connected and respected and loved and why is that like what why did why did I choose this profession or why did this profession choose me and how is it connected to my personal story or my own life Mm -hmm. and I say okay I, I exist to help others connect because many times in my life there were times where I did not feel connected, right? When I, when I grew up, I didn't feel connected in my household. Um, when I was growing up with my, my mom, my stepdad, and my two brothers, I didn't feel connected. I felt like there were two families inside of one on many occasions. And I don't want to go into all the details mm-hmm. and all that great stuff, but when I connected that to what I'm doing now, it was like a turbo boost it was like wow I can see why this is so important to me why it's so powerful for me to see people in their home life and their work life connect it reminds me of a great saying from one of my coaching mentors many years ago who said stop performing and start connecting and it's it applies to the way we engage with our audiences but it it also implies to the energy that you just brought to the conversation it's about connecting the dots of our own story and realigning and recalibrating constantly what we are and what we do and the more you do that the smoother the journey i i think 
I agree. And it and feels better. It, it does. Feels right. It does. And people pick up on it. The, the mm. people you serve pick up on that. Um, and I think it's becoming more and more evident that the world is ready for a different kind of motivation. It used to be, I call it rah, rah motivation, <laughs> you know, shouting from the stage. And, and, oh, gosh. And that might still work for, for a certain demographic. And that is wonderful. I prefer to have conversations with people like yourself who do it in a, in a, in a different way, in a much more authentic way. And a, and a key word that you dropped there a few moments ago, Monique, was the word valued. And I want to come back to that, if I may, and connect it to something else that you say on your website, which is our greatest need in life is to feel valued, appreciated, acknowledged, and loved. Yes. The reason I'm bringing this in is because I know that so many of our peers are excellent at making other people feel valued, appreciated, acknowledged, and loved, but not ourselves. Mm. Because of many different reasons, maybe not enough business success or not enough initial business success or not enough exposure or whatever the situation might be. And therefore, it can become a some kind of a, of a, a very unhealthy situation and a trap whereby they still keep going out and give 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 to people but keep depleting their own energy levels up to a point where the tank is empty mm. what are your thoughts around that and feedback or suggestions and tools if you have any that you would like absolutely to um absolutely and i i'll tell you like i can so relate to that and i i think when we find ourselves constantly emptying and giving we have to get crystal clear like crystal clear and when you get very, very clear on why you're doing this. And I, and I say that because just, just a while ago, we were talking about connecting back to mm -hmm. our story. So I think even, even connecting those story dots give us extra boost or extra um, clarity or, mm -hmm. or momentum or mm -hmm. feedback totally. on, on how we show up. Once yeah. we do that and we get into community like for me when i get into community when i get people to take a look at what i'm doing and people who love me and people who care for me and then people who are in the professional space it helps me to stay integrated or to stay balanced so that i'm not beating up myself when i have those moments and i'm like oh my god this did not work i put so much energy into this and i got like two people right um when you have those moments it is about making sure you look at it with the right perspective because when we don't have other perspectives around us we're just we're just looking at it ourselves and we don't have that external view like les brown says you can't see the picture from inside the frame so Too you true. need to have people around you who can say yeah, but look at what else you were able to accomplish. Look at the two people's lives that you were able to change. Mm. You know, like really put it in perspective. And isn't this why you're doing this? You're not doing it for 50. You're doing it to change one life at a time, right? Mm. So I think we have to remember, we have to remember that business processes, 
successes, failures, they're always going to be there and not to take it personally. Um, put that on the shelf outside of the outside of you don't don't look at it as something that you've done to fail or um, something that you're not good at but look at it from a point where you're able to put it on your on your paper or put it on the table and look at it from the outside in and mm -hmm. say hey this is my plan this is where I want to go if I'm able to get there, great. If I'm not, I'll be able to pivot and make sure that you have the right community and the right people around you who can always help you see things with a positive frame of view. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's almost like constantly going back to your, to your why, isn't it? Why are you doing what you do? And as soon as you kind of move away from that a little bit because you get you know, consumed by how you go about doing it and how you show up, then it can become confusing. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, as I was listening to you, I was, I was scanning through my mind and things in a very therapeutic way almost. So thank you very much for that. Uh, things came to the surface. One of the, the challenges that I had to transcend when I first went self-employed is that actually at the time, I very much had made the transition from performing to connecting and that was because of, this, of, a, of um, I was at the tail end of a spiritual awakening and I as a human being as a person I had become so much calmer than the rah-rah trainer Chris I used to be in a previous career and it was weird because actually in terms of growing my business I needed every bit of that extroverted confidence that people knew me for and I didn't feel like doing it in that way anymore because I just no longer resonated with it and I found that people actually came to me for that calmness or that you know whatever it was that I gave them um, it's not up to me to, to find the right word um, so it was very difficult for me to because I want to come back to to our the actual topic to feel valued and and acknowledged because i wasn't giving it to myself so to speak does does that make sense what i'm saying i know it's not the easiest thing that i'm communicating here but it it it's sometimes what we are going through along with our peers is that we change as human beings and mm -hmm. it has consequences on our work and what we offer and how we offer it and it can be a little confusing at times so I'll say this, when you, when you have that overarching vision of what you are focused on doing, um, yes, we do change. We change, but that mission or how we are delivering, just like you mentioned just now, Chris, that sometimes you you were doing the rah-rah stuff and then you evolved, but your, your focus on what you were delivering hasn't changed. The method that you have mm. delivered it with has changed, but the focus on overall helping others to be better and overall helping others to have different perspectives, that has changed. So I'll say when you are evolving, you have to embrace or come from this place that you know what there nothing is nothing is stagnant and it is absolutely 
okay for you to evolve. Um, accepting that or having that mindset and that shift for ourselves is what's going to empower us when we do need to make that shift or when it is difficult or, or you feel like, oh, you know, I was once doing this and now I'm doing mm. that. Exactly. And so there's that disconnect. And I think in, in business, sometimes there's a lot of shame or there's, there's people who feel like, I don't, want, I don't want it to look like I'm all over the place. I don't want it to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want it to look you know, this way or that way. But when you have that overarching vision, like let's say my, my goal is just to help people connect. That's it. Mm. And, and if I help them connect by saying rah, 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 and slap your neighbor and jump up and spin around and mm. they connect that way, great. And then if I evolve and I say, now I want you to journal or I want you to really think about times where you felt strong, like what were those moments where you felt powerful, then I'm still helping people connect. So my vision and my, my overarching why hasn't changed. And I think that's the anchor thought that's going to help you feel strong and help you feel like you're still on track. Like you, you haven't gotten off track. You've just changed it. You might decide that you want to help people have more positive lives by mm. calling them in a call center. Yes. And to the outside world, it might look like, wow, you were jumping around doing high fives. Now you're doing internal journaling. Now you're going to a call center, <laughs> you know, like what, what the heck? You know? <laughs> but you know, you know, within yourself that I'm still helping people connect. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Thank you. A couple of things um, I, I want to share. First of all, thank you. And also for the listeners, that was a brilliant example of some on-the-spot coaching by Monique. So thank you so much. Um, it makes perfect sense. And also, second, I wasn't quite clear on how I was going to verbalize what was going on in my mind and I'm so glad that I did, because this is exactly what Monique and I are preaching, is that it's okay to be vulnerable and authentic, because that is when you can get the conversations that you really need to have, conversations that blossom and conversations that are helpful in the way that this has just been very helpful to me and I'm sure helpful to our listeners. So, And thirdly, I just want to go over the steps and the tools that you've just very kindly shared with me. Number one, be okay with change and the fact that you evolve. Number two, at all times, focus on the overarching why and motivation and the vision. And three, it's all about anchoring, isn't it? Your anchor is your why. And there are different ways of facilitating that why. Yes. And how you extend it, your support and your energy to your audiences. So... Beautiful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I would like to close our very enjoyable chat today by a final statement that I found on your website, Monique, and that is, you say it is indeed a beautiful feeling when you give someone hope. And I think that's what it's all about. That is what we do. But it's about remembering to give ourselves hope as well. And that it's good to have honest and vulnerable conversations with a coach, 
you mentioned reaching out to professionals because our family and friends can't always support us in, in the way that we need. Because hope, true hope is important, isn't it? It carries everything. Yes, it is essential. I mean, mm. without it, hope is like energy. It's, it's like the food. It's, it's our oxygen, if you will, um, for us to always be focused on why we're here Mm. Um, and we have to have that because when we don't have hope and there's we feel completely hopeless like there's nothing we can do that's when suicidal thoughts happen that's when you feel like there's no other way and i just think that for your audience we are in the business of helping and we are in the business of delivering hope and helping others to see that they can take actions once they're inspired that can change their life positively. Absolutely. Bringing hope is what you have done during this conversation in ways that we both know spiritually are relevant in in, to individually to every single listener. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your energy, for your honesty, for sharing your insights and your tools and, and your story because creating a podcast that brings hope is and a, and a different way to motivation is what this is all about. So thank you so much for being a wonderful guest, Monique. Where can our listeners find you? What is the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can reach me on LinkedIn at mm-hmm. Claire Communication Coach, on Facebook at Claire Communication Coach, Instagram, Claire Communication Coach, or my website at clearcommunicationsolutions.com. Wonderful. You also have an online course. I do. I have an emotional intelligence course Mm -hmm. and that just walks you through so many exercises. It gives you ground information, foundational pieces. And then when you actually do the work, you'll be able to feel transformed and inspired. And there's a section in there that you have to get feedback from three to five people that are very close to you. So I built in the whole process. You take that course, you will, and if you apply it, you will, you will receive transformation. And you also have a YouTube channel. I do. And that's one of the things I'm going to be working on in 2019. It's, it's not all populated, but it, you have some videos that are there. Um, please go and watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sharing more videos. I'm also going to be sharing some information on how to use healthy communication strategies in your family uh, with my latest topic that your family is a business. Wow. Yes, that's a powerful mindset. And that's where the leadership comes in again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> leadership at home and leadership at work. I wonder if you have any final thoughts for our listeners in terms of motivation or words of wisdom. Oh, absolutely. I just want to say for everyone that is listening, just to remember that you are special, that you are loved, that you are valued, that you are appreciated, that there are people in this world that need what you have to offer. And it's never too late, never, ever too late to get started. It's never too late to pivot. If something doesn't work out, that's okay. 
just keep going and remember to stay focused on your why, mm -hmm. why you're doing it, who you're here to serve, but just stay true to yourself because that's going to be the one tool and the one strategy that will help you overcome and move through so many of life obstacles when you're strong and connected to yourself. Wonderful. Monique, thank you so much. I know that time difference wise, you are five hours behind me. So you have lunch time coming up. For me, it's the afternoon here. I wish you a beautiful rest of the day. And thank you again for all your energy. Take thank you care. so much. Thank You're you. Welcome. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. If you want to connect with me, please visit christophspeasons.com. You can also find me on all major social media, of course. And if you're enjoying Behind the Scenes of Happiness, why not leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, or perhaps share your favorite episodes with your friends and colleagues. Thank you, and I'll speak to you again on the next episode. Bye for now.